0: You excited to be here? Yes, sir. Amen. I am. I'm excited to be here you. with you guys. So as as I mentioned, Pastor Mike kind of started it off last week in a direction that we feel like the Lord is leading. And so we're not in a book necessarily. You know, we just came out of a long season of being through John and 1 John. And we're gonna we're gonna continue in that eventually. But Mike shared a Something that he had been studying and reading, and just this idea of the fact that as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we are either moving toward Christ or we're moving away from Him. There's no idleness in the kingdom of God, right? So what we, we want to do is follow the Lord's leading. And so the next several weeks, however long we feel like the Lord is leading us, is We're going to be talking about things that we hope are going to help us move toward Christ. So talking about prayer last week, we're going to to talk this week about anxiety. How many of you know that God offers a peace that surpasses all understanding? Let me see your hands real high. God offers peace that surpasses all understanding. Okay, that's most of you. Now, how many of you, listen now, how many of you are 100 percent certain that you know how to experience that peace in the face of anxiety raise your hand real high okay so not as many hands went up Um, and that's okay that's part of the reason why we're talking about what we're talking about so i want to turn your attention to philippians so if you've got a bible you got a bible app go ahead and flip to philippians Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to be reading just a few verses here that are going to help shape our ideas and our thoughts about this topic this morning. So, Ephesians 4, starting in verse 6. Say amen when you got there. Amen. I'm sorry, Philippians. Thank you. Just testing you. Good job. Philippians 4, 6, say amen when you get there, that sounds like most of you, Uh, Philippians 4 starting in verse 6 says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received, and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for... What we read here, and the fact that there is a promise of peace that surpasses all understanding, but we need to know, Lord, what's our role in this process? What do we need to do? How do we approach you, who very clearly proclaim as the Prince of Peace and the one who offers peace, God, give us wisdom, give us focus, give us a desire to know with greater understanding, clarity, and confidence who you are, we love you. We ask for your help this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so in your digital bulletin as well, you will see that there is a phone number listed there for Q&A. So something we do each week is we offer the opportunity for you to interact with us. So if you have any questions about the text, about anxiety, about whatever it is that we cover, go ahead and text that number, and then we'll come up toward the end, and we will will go ahead and jump into that. Now let me just... Also, quickly add, this is Big Sunday, so obviously we're outside. This is not a normal thing for us, but uh, if it's a family service as well. So if you have children here of any age, on the back table next to that green table by the entrance, there are sheets of paper for all different ages. I would encourage everybody, including Aftershock Youth Group, to take notes. You take notes on what you hear. Come see me afterwards. Share with me what you learned. And we'll give you access to a little treasure box here. So just a way to, to kind of keep you guys engaged in too. So Treehouse and Aftershock Youth, please feel free to interact with us that way. Sound good? Okay, so I guess the best place to start for us this morning is kind of just to, to describe or define what we talk about when we, when we say anxiety. Because uh, if the Bible tells us not to be anxious, which it just did, then we ought to know what we're dealing with, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We're not talking about nervousness. We're not talking about being cautious. We're not even talking about fear of the unknown. Although all of those things can lead to anxiety, we have something else here that we're talking about. And so if we go to the original language, I'm not going to get super fancy with you, but if we go to the original language, the, the intent behind here is that we're being pulled in different directions at the same time. Pulled in different directions at the same time. So our hopes and our dreams, our desires are pulling us this way. And then our fears and our doubts and our circumstances are pulling us this way at the same time, so we're being stretched, and at some point, man, we just fall apart. Like, that's not sustainable. But if we look, then, to the old English root word of what we're talking about here, this may resonate a little bit more with you. The word there is to strangle. We're talking about anxiety and worry. So these two ideas put together, anxiety and worry, communicate the idea of being stretched in two different directions at the same time, being pulled and being strangled. That sounds awful, doesn't it? It sounds terrible. And when we're under this kind of duress, bad things happen, right? Bad things happen, not just in our minds, but physically, How many of you have had stress and anxiety manifest physically, right? I know when I get overly anxious or stressed out, my ulcerative colitis, what's going on in here, just goes nuts. It's a bad scene. My neck gets all sore. and I'm like, oh, I can barely sleep, right? Even just talking about that stuff makes me uncomfortable. But we can all relate, every one of us, to that feeling. Regardless of how you may experience it, we all understand it. Can I get an amen? Good. Okay. So let's just get real for a moment. What are some of the things that you personally or that you know others have been anxious or worried about? Just throw some things out there. Money. Money got. Whoa, hey, money. Yeah. What else? Job security. Health, job security, family, family, family members, health. health. What'd you say? Move. Moving. What about change? Like going bald? Going bald. Yeah. It's not a question, Mike, you are. <clears throat> Sorry. Sorry. No, I'm not. <laughs> right, so some of these things are are, are significant, obviously, but, but some of them feel like normal everyday things things that we we come in contact with all the time. Money situations, relationships, family members. So, is it okay to be anxious then? I mean, how could we possibly avoid it? We're up against these things all the time. So, what do we think? Is it okay to be anxious? And before you answer, read the first four words of our text. Is it okay to be anxious? It's not. And it's not me telling you that. It's Paul through the Holy Spirit, because the first four words that we just read were do not be anxious. So let me ask you a question. If the Bible tells us not to do something, is that generally an acceptable thing to do? No, it's not. So, so what's going on then? If, if we're believers, if we're followers of Jesus, who himself tells us not to be anxious or be Worried? Are we missing part of the equation here? Right? Is it really even possible not to be anxious? Well, here's what I believe that the Bible teaches. That there is a problem, which is being anxious. There is a process, which we're going to talk about this morning. And there is a promise, and that promise is peace. There's a problem being anxious. There's a process that Paul lays out for us, and then there's a promise on the other side of that, which is peace that surpasses all understanding. So where do we begin? Where do we begin on a topic like this? I think to sort of get us pointed in the right direction, I'm going to read something from my boy, Warren Weersby. He's not really my boy. I, I, I wish he was, but he's not. But he's a very smart man, and that's what he has to say. From the spiritual point of view... Worry is wrong thinking up here in the mind and wrong feeling in the heart about circumstances, people, and things. From the spiritual point of view, worry is wrong thinking, wrong feeling about people, circumstances, and things. Worry, he says, is the greatest thief of joy. And it's not enough for us, however, to tell ourselves just to quit worrying because that's never going to capture the thief. Worry is is an inside job. And it takes more than good intentions to get the victory. So God, in his kindness to us, he lays it out very clearly for us. And as I often do, I kind of share with you what my thesis statement is. What's my guiding thought in this? And it is simply this. God opposes, God opposes anxiety through our prayer Our thinking, and our doing. God opposes anxiety through our prayer, our thinking, and our doing. So if you're a note-taker, that's gonna come into play as we walk through this this morning. And I should mention before we go any further, some people experience a type of anxiety that that is brought on by things other than their their own circumstances in the moment. And I want to be very careful in how I how I distinguish between the things that we may be facing. So I'm going to address what we'll call anxiety disorders at the end. But I want, I want you to hear something up front, though. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the source of your anxiety, what we're about to walk through is for you, no matter what. This is the foundation. This is where we start when it comes to all types of anxiety. Got it? Okay, good. It's not going to take us long to walk through these things, I don't think. So again, Treehouse, Aftershock, I'm watching you. Take them notes, and we'll come up with this afterwards. Good to go. Here we go. Number one, our prayer. And it's not just, hey, go pray about it. You ever hear somebody tell you that? I'm really stressed out. Oh, just go pray about it. I mean, yes, pray, but there's more that's going on, and it ties in nicely to what Pastor Mike taught on last week. And hopefully, many of you have taken him up on his challenge. Who was here last week? What was the challenge that he gave us about the Lord's Prayer? Pray Thank you, Lee. <laughs> to pray the Lord's Prayer every day for 30 days. How many of you took him up on that challenge? Okay, a couple of hands went up. Good. Hey, guess what? It's not too late. You can start today and be a week offset from everybody else. <laughs> There's something powerful about the Lord's Prayer and implementing it into our lives on a daily basis. So if the Lord's Prayer then is kind of our our daily threshold, if you will, just sort of the foundational piece of how we walk through our prayer time, this kind of prayer that we're talking about this morning is going to be laid right on top of that. It goes hand in hand. So there are three words that Paul uses to draw out the type of prayers that we can be offering. And if you write in your Bible, I would encourage you to understand or underline, rather, these words. They are prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. You see those in verse 6? Good. So what about prayer? What is he talking about here? If it's not just going randomly to God in prayer, what is it? He's talking about the posture that we have, the attitude that we have when we come to God. The word expresses an adoration a worship and a devotion. So it's not just, oh my gosh, I'm stressed out. Let me run to God and ask him for things. Yes, we, we do that, but that's not our initial approach to God. It's an adoration. It's a worship. We fall down at the feet of Jesus. We acknowledge his power, his divine ability. We spend time reminding ourselves that the God to whom we are praying is more than able to take care of everything that we're bringing to Him. Does that sound familiar to you at all last week? Hallowed be your name. Holy, perfect, amazing. We spend time at the feet of Jesus and just praising God for who He is. Again, the reason we do this Is because it increases our understanding and appreciation of who God is and what he's capable of. As my wife has often been saying as of late, God is bigger than the boogeyman. Right? He is. And so we need to remind ourselves sometimes of how big the God is that we serve. So we come to God with adoration, devotion, and worship. Make sense? That's our posture. Now he says, with supplication. Well, what's that? That's a fancy word for asking. But it's a certain kind of asking. It's real and it's sincere with a genuine belief that what you're asking God is able to provide. It's from it's it's from the depths of your soul, right? It's it's done with effort and humility and focus. When Paul talks about prayer, a lot of times he uses words like laboring and struggling and striving in prayer. Does that describe your prayer life, when you're faced with difficulty and anxiety. So we come with an asking, but it's a humble, confident asking in who God is and what he's able to do. The third word he uses is what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. This has been a theme in my life for the last year. God has really been drilling into my heart and my soul that, that I need to be giving thanks to God in all things. In fact, in our Discovery Bible studies that we do, and we're doing it on Friday night, and some of you have been involved in our Discovery Bible studies, is a set of seven questions. What's the first question we ask every time we sit down and do a Discovery Bible study? What are you thankful for? What, are you thankful for? what happened this week that you're thankful for? for why do we ask that question because it it takes time believe it or not to develop an attitude of thanksgiving if you just ask you survey a hundred christians you just walk up to them and say what are you thankful for you'll be surprised how many people struggle to give you something that they're thankful for because it's not something that we do often enough We have to develop that attitude of thanksgiving. It's not natural to us. You you remember the, the ten lepers that Jesus healed? Jesus healed ten lepers. They all went away. How many came back to say thank you? One came back to say thank you of the ten that he healed. So which category are we in this morning? Let us really seek to give God thanks in all things. And you know, this is something that we can do to help each other. How amazing would it be if we begin to create and facilitate and foster a sense of thanksgiving in this church by just asking each other on a regular basis? Hey, what are you thankful for today? What are you thankful for today? I encourage you to do that. I would love to hear that question being asked over and over again. Paul made a huge deal about being thankful because it's important to God and it should be important to us, right? Okay, if you say so. I say so, I agree. Let me ask you this, how many things, how many of the things do we bring to God? All things? You sure it's not just the big items on your list that cause you worry and anxiety? The word that Paul uses is everything Everything. We bring everything to the Lord. Why do we do that? Because it's just another acknowledgement of our reliance upon God. We either put Him in control of all things or we don't. It's, he makes it too easy sometimes, right? Just like this series that we're in. We're even, we're even moving toward Him or we're moving away from Him. We either put Him in control of all things or we don't. He makes it easy for us because we're forgetful people, right? We're prone to wander. So Is this easy to do? Is it easy to give God everything? Let me just be real with us again this morning. It's not. There are things right now that every single person here, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, every person in this area is withholding something from God. That's just the reality of who we are and the brokenness that still exists within us. So our job then is to figure out what it is that we're withholding from him and lay it at his feet. Because I have found one of the quickest ways to come face-to-face with anxiety is trying to control everything. Or at least some aspect of everything. For me, it's, it's finances. Like that was one of the last things that I felt like I fully needed to give over to God. My wife, she was more mature than I. Uh, maybe she still is in a lot of ways. But early on in our marriage, she, I was a brand new believer. And I was like, God doesn't need my money. He's doing fine. But my wife, she divided the finances and like, fine, I'll tithe on my part because that's what I know I need to do. And I was like, cool, go for it. I'm good. I'll take care of the money. I didn't understand the concept of, of giving and stewardship and that kind of thing. I was holding on to it. And guess what kind of job I did with it? Yeah, not good. <laughs> not a great job of stewarding it at all. And all it did was cause anxiety and stress and division and those kinds of things until finally I was like, all right, Lord, I get it now. <laughs> Here you go. Now, I still struggle from time to time with certain things. I go straight to, I can fix it. I can do this. I'll move this over here, do this, take care of that. That's my tendency. We all have something, my friends, that we're holding on to. And I would guarantee, I wouldn't guarantee, I would strongly um, argue that those things that we hold on to are oftentimes the source of some of our anxiety. Because we have to let go of control. Okay, what's the result in verse 7? As we're walking through this first Piece of the puzzle, if you will, if we're coming with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, what is the result in verse 7? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Why are hearts and minds? Why do our hearts and minds need to be guarded? Mm, they wander, Lee. Remember what Wearsby said The two areas that create worry are the heart, the heart, which is wrong feeling, and the head, the mind, which is wrong thinking. So when we begin to pray in this manner that we just walk, walk through the peace of God, it begins to guard our hearts, work in our hearts and our minds in such a way that it guards against wrong thinking and feeling. But there's more to the process. This is step one. God opposes the problem of anxiety through our prayer, and the second thing is our thinking. Wrong thinking leads to wrong feeling, and before long, the heart and mind are pulled apart and we are strangled by worry. We must realize that thoughts are real and powerful, even though they cannot be seen, weighed, or measured, says Wearsby. Nothing new here. We all know that our thoughts are real and powerful. But maybe something that is new are the things that Paul tells us to keep our minds on. Would you look at verse 8? Look at verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is holy, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Did you you know our minds are a very powerful tool? Man, they're awesome, right? But they're also very easily corruptible. I had a warrant officer one time, he would always say this. He would say, garbage in equals garbage out. In other words, what we feed our minds will directly correlate to the kind of thinking and feeling that we do. So what is your focus? Think about this for a minute. What occupies your thoughts throughout the day as you're driving in your car, as you're eating your your lunch at work or at school, as you're laying down on your pillow at night, what thoughts are in your mind? Are they things that are true, honorable, pure, lovely? Only you can answer that. I think Isaiah closes the case for us on this when he says in Isaiah 26.3, speaking of God, he says, You, God, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, whose mind is focused on you. That's, That's what he says. If your mind is focused on God, you keep him in perfect peace because he trusts in you. What we think about, what we give our minds to feed on and the thoughts that we sometimes take captive and push away, man, they contribute to the peace that God is promising here. All right, one last thing. One last thing is quite simple. Notice I didn't say it was easy, but it is quite simple. God opposes the problem of anxiety through our prayer, through our thinking, and through our doing. Through our doing. Well, doing what, you ask, right? That's a good question. Let's look at verse 9. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So two sets of words. First, what you have learned and received. So let me ask you, is learning and knowing a biblical principle the same thing as receiving it? Is having a head knowledge of something the same thing as receiving it here in your heart? It's not. I have learned a lot of things over the years that have just gone straight out. I didn't receive any of it. I didn't use or process any of it. It was right here for a minute and it was gone. So the idea here in this context, receiving is putting into practice. Learning, understanding, having a a head knowledge, and then applying it into our hearts, coming out through our hands. That's what he's talking about here. It's a doing aspect. Then he said the second set is what you've heard and what you've seen. So Paul taught a ton of things to a lot of people that he was ministering to. But he didn't just teach people what to do. He did it. Like he walked it out for us. He showed us what it looked like. So we might know, one, that it's possible. And two, have an understanding of what these things look like. It doesn't need to be, and it's not, some abstract concept in our minds like, oh, I'm supposed to do this and this and this, and I have no idea what it looks like. No, we have the example. In Paul, he shows us what it looks like. Does he do it perfectly? No. But he's the best example we have in the scripture, outside of Jesus, of what this kind of life, of of hearing the word of God and applying it into our lives. So God approaches the problem of anxiety through our prayer, through our thinking, and through our doing. Let me quickly address anxiety disorders. And I'll start out by saying, reminding you really that everything that we just spent time walking through is for you as well. I don't know your personal situation. You you may have an actual anxiety disorder, which is different than somebody who's just facing difficulties in life and struggling with, you know, the idea of anxiety. However, for those of you that have something bigger in mind here or that you're facing there's almost certainly more to work through. Because oftentimes, these anxiety disorders are brought on by traumatic experiences, inherited traits, underlying medical conditions. There's other reasons, there's other things that are causing this different level of anxiety. And the reason I separate this out is because unlike the person who does not have the anxiety disorder, more may be necessary for you to experience the peace of God that he is promising. Now, it's not that he can't heal you. He can. He could do it in a moment. But until he does that, you got to address the other factors that have led you to this difficult reality that you face. And sometimes those other factors include things like doctors and medicine and counseling in combination with the prayers and the thinking and the doing that we see in Philippians 4. I just, I, I want to make sure, because sometimes well-meaning Christians go to people who have a legitimate anxiety disorder and go, oh, you're just not trying hard enough. You're just not praying hard enough. You're just not believing enough. And that, that may not be true. There may be a legitimate need for things that God has given us, like doctors and medicine. So if that's you, I want, I want to hear what I'm saying and what the Word of God tells you. There is a promise of peace. And God can deliver us from all things, but He also, in His goodness, gives us a variety of things to help us walk through that. But it all starts, it has to start here, with the way that we pray, with the way that we think, and with the way that we do the Word of God in our lives. Does that make sense? Okay each of us here today, regardless of our backgrounds and experiences, we have the opportunity to move in this direction right now. And so that's what we're going to do. As we close, and I'm closing, quietly at your table, just you, not in the group, but just you, I want you to go before the Lord. And I want you to do these three things that we just talked about. This prayer, This thinking and this doing. So the prayer is three parts. It's coming to the Lord in worship, in adoration. So we're spending some time just praising God for who he is. And then we're bringing something to him, whatever that is. Maybe it is an aspect of something that's causing you anxiety or worry. And you bring it to him, God, and say, I don't want to carry this anymore. This is for you. I know that you can take this from me. I know that you can walk with me through this. And then there's the thanksgiving part, just praising him, thanking him for who he is and the promises that he has here. And then, and then stop. Amen. Amen. Right. Then we go into the thinking portion. Just give, just give yourself a moment or two to think on something good and pure and lovely What what is something that is always going to be pure and holy and lovely and perfect? The Word of God, right? So if you're like, I don't know what to think, just maybe a, a scripture memorized. Maybe there's something, some aspect, maybe just looking up at creation. Whatever it is, just give yourself a moment to think on something that is other than this right here. And then pause. The last thing you do is the doing commit to the lord to respond in some way to an area of your life where there may be some struggle maybe maybe job job is a problem <laughs> and, and there's an anxiety every time you go into the workplace so you commit to saying all right lord before i go i'm going to sit in my car and i'm going to pray like this for at least 2 minutes I'm going I'm to do something in response to the situation that I want to see growth and change in. Maybe it's a broken relationship that's causing you a lot of stress. Lord, I'm just going to give it to you. I'm going to surrender my pride, my heart, my hurt, whatever it is. I'm just going to give it to you so that I don't do or say something that's going to make it worse. I'm just going to lay it down at your feet. Every time I think about that person, I'm going to lay it at your feet and pray in this way. So just take just two minutes. That's all it is. Two minutes to pray in this way, to think in this way, and to do something about it. And then we'll continue in our worship together. Take two minutes.